It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we delve into, well, right, we're delving into episodes of One Step Beyond at the moment. We are going beyond uh, checking out a Twilight Zone analogy while while strikes are continuing in Hollywood with the idea that Rod Serling would probably be on the picket line. So, uh, as always, this is Matt here. Joining me today is Spencer. Hello. Hey, how are you? And maybe... uh, of course, I know you uh, gallivanting on on back in Trekkie space on the the Mission Log Discord. Um, is, is there anything else you want to be known for? Not really. I'm I'm generally a tech geek, and I'm coding a lot and listening to a lot of uh, work podcasts of you know stuff related to programming and software. But uh, I've been pulled in on the B Team podcast for a couple episodes. Uh, I, 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 one of, one of our fellow, uh, discord friends, Patreon friends, uh, pegged me for, um, what was the first episodes of, uh, enterprise because I hadn't watched it a star Trek enterprise. Cause I hadn't watched it ever until like just literally recently. And I've been watching Trek most of my life. So 40 plus years. Um, so they were, I, I seemed to be a bit of a curiosity for them. So I jumped onto their, their podcast to talk about that because they wanted to see the newbie experience. Um, and then we followed up with a couple of bad episodes of Star Trek. And I think we're trying to do some of those as well. We just finished one on Sabrosa, which is the uh, Beverly gets boinked by a ghost and had some really interesting conversations around that. Um, so, yeah, B team, it's pretty good stuff. I mean, I've seen that episode more than, you know, some legitimately good next gen episodes <laughs> just because it's fun to watch. And you get um, theme planet, planet of Ireland or whatever. That's great stuff. Yeah. Scotland. Yeah. Oh, Scotland, Kalos. is it? Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah it's yeah. like mixing up your whiskeys, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, how, how did Enterprise treat you? Uh, my, my favorite Trek episode. Uh, of all time is season two singularity just because it's so whack <laughs> but which one was that that's season two that's the one where um the en- trip the engineer gets obsessed with fixing the captain's chair and uh oh our- god yeah that is hilarious <laughs> love um, that episode <laughs> you know it, it's it i think enterprise aged really 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 well um and i think it's probably a lot better than people remember it I stayed away from it because um, I was so time traveled out with Voyager that by the time this one came around, I was like, I I don't know if I want to watch more time traveling stuff. (laughs) So I kind of, I kind of let it go. And then by the time I was like, maybe I'll get into it. Of course, this is the age of DVR mostly. And I didn't have a DVR or DVR coming out and I didn't have a DVR at the time. So I couldn't catch up on any of it. So I was like, well, it's serialized now and there's history here. I'm not going to watch it. And so it just never happened. Um, finally came around to like now we're having all these new types of Star Trek and I have to watch it so I started watching it and now I'm re-watching Lower Decks and I'm, there are so many Enterprise references in Lower Decks I'm really glad that I that I actually watched the series finally it's great no I got I watched that show just because it was the mid 2000s Tower Records still in America at the time just had cheap used sets of seasons and at the time it was like oh my god I can just buy a season of television and and have it on physical media that's amazing which honestly still impresses me a little bit that's that's kind of how this podcast started um so of course today's episode is not from physical media this is a signal received um without doing too much inside baseball plans were a little willy-nilly today and I just went to find what are the higher rated uh one step beyond episodes so congratulations this was number two or three on the list i think so yeah 7.7 on the imdb i did 
suggest that it shouldn't suck. I mean, you can tell me it sucked if you want, but uh, <laughs> as com as compared, I, I always wonder what the IMDb episode ratings are like because is it compared to like their own you know episodes within the same series or is it just general television? Uh, it's episode I, by episode in this case. Like, there's one for the show. Oh uh, no, no, I get that, but like the people who are rating it, it's like, are they comparing it to other episodes? Is that 7.7 .7 as compared to other episodes and one step beyond? Or is this like out of a rating of all TV shows ever that I ever watch in this genre, I'm going to give this a 7.7? .7. I assume it's supposed to be in everything. But um, what, one of the points of contention on the, on the other podcast, Films and Filth, is the idea that someone will come in, feel like it's actually a 7, but the rating is a 5. So they'll give it a 10, right? So they're yeah. like, like kind of fudging it, which is, uh, I mean... I, I could look. I mean, this probably doesn't have that many people voting on it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's seven point seven with hey, five people. Hey, maybe a few more people will bump in, you know, now that we're we're doing a few podcasts on the series. So <laughs> right. Um, I've downloaded I've downloaded the IMDB data to actually play around with it. They do have ratings. I should take a look and they they might actually have how many people rated it. You may, maybe you'll track down the conspiracy behind the IMDb rating <laughs> system, you know? <laughs> right. Let me bump a bit of trivia for this. The original air date for Signal Received, if I didn't say the name already, was April 4th, 1961. John Newland both presents and directs, as is true with all of these episodes. The script is by Martin Benson, Merwin Gerard, and Lawrence B. Marcus. Gerard created the show and had his hand in many of the scripts. We've also seen Marcus's name on a few as well. Benson was probably better known as an actor, appearing in The Omen, The King and I, and Goldfinger. Uh, Goldfinger listed his uh, character as Solo. I, I guess, you know, maybe he was traveling by himself. I, I don't know how he got that name, but uh, it's been a little while since I watched Goldfinger, so I, I don't have a instant recognition there. <laughs> Mark I just Eaton. watched it the other day. Now I can't remember. No, I just watched Moonraker again because I'm an idiot. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Moonraker is by far my most watched Bond film. <laughs> Adjusted oh for inflation, gosh. I think it still counts as the biggest moneymaker. <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. Roger one Moore. of the one of the Craigs might have might have kicked it by now, but uh, yeah, it did. Moonraker raked it in, so um, trying to ape Star Wars a bit worked. Um, uh, Gengar actors. Now I looked it up. Solo, Solo was Solo was one of the uh, was one of the um, uh, mafia guys that Goldfinger buys all the all the materials from and promises them a bunch of gold and then gasses them. Ah, there we go. So he's doomed and here he's doomed there he's doomed everywhere okay <laughs> he actually might get crushed too he might be the guy that gets crushed uh in the in the automotive uh junkyard yeah of course we don't see him in this episode he is he is writing at this point but uh yeah <laughs> uh as far as the people we do see on screen uh mark eden played johnny watson his big roles included an appearance in dr shivago and a stint on the british tv series london belongs to me i cannot claim i know what that is uh George Breed was played by Terry Palmer. His credits are slim, but I noticed that he appeared in the fantastically psychotronic film The Mindbenders from 1963. So uh, brings back memories of going to the weird VHS rental store in you know, 1999 or so. Richard Gale was Robin Hughes. IMDb lists credits as The River Flows East from 1962, Out of This World also from 1962, and The Winter's Tale from 1967. I don't know what any of those are, but I don't know. They sound like real titles, so we have that going for it. Um, <laughs> I like it when the titles like make a weird like kind of narrative run. Those, those didn't do it, but uh, I, I know sometimes the, the titles just seem to fit together, and it's very exciting. So right. uh, lis listeners, keep an, keep an ear out for that. Uh, Spencer, I am throwing the prologue on the screen. Uh, you can read this any way you want. As I, I, I probably said a few times now, I, I don't think anyone even knows what a John Newland impression is. So you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I, I was I, I had to listen a couple of times just because I wanted to get the inflection. I, I, I'm confused. I was initially confused whether or not he was British. He seems to have a very uh, mid-Atlantic. <laughs> yeah yeah very erudite kind of uh attitude toward uh his speech very elevated 
I guess. I'm not sure. So my grandmother talked. She's American, so I guess it happens. <laughs> okay, here we go. Three sailors on a seven-day leave. What could happen to them? Well, one has a girl, so anything can happen. Another has a doting mother. So aside from gaining a lot of weight, almost nothing can happen. The third has seven days and nights. A welcome home party is planned, so who knows what can happen. But besides the logical and normal expectations of sailors on leave, each of these men will have a moment utterly beyond the normal and utterly outside all logic, a moment where all the rules of existence will no longer apply. And P.S., I'm not going to say the title because that would be too far ahead, way past the bridge that we should go. I just TV. kept teasing me. <laughs> TV Guide probably told you the title. <laughs> right. I think we had the TV Guide in 1961. Get the air date correct I, there. I really was wondering whether or not he was going to say the actual title because that would have been a real ripoff from the from um, Twilight Zone. Well, um, this, of course, this is 1961, so Twilight Zone has been on the air for a few years. But uh, this show does actually predate Twilight Zone by about uh, nine months for its premiere episode. So, Really? Uh, okay. This one, this one premiered in uh, January or February, whereas, in the twi- whereas the Twilight Zone didn't show up until um, September. So, I mean, I, I think I don't think either is really necessary copying the other. I think it's just like conventions of late 1950s television where this yeah. is just doing it and uh Serling of course made his bit iconic so now you see anyone else doing that sort of thing it's like well that's he's doing a Serling but it's not quite the case here so it's true you caught me I didn't I didn't do enough research to see when these episodes came out but I just kind of figured that they were contemporaries but I, I guess nine months is contemporary enough but yeah interesting yeah they're they're bef- definitely at this point running in tandem so um and of course the the thing where john newland is the director he doesn't write any of the episodes but he directs all of them right uh, there, there are no other directors on the show uh, uh i've mentioned merwin gerard uh, and the first time i was like oh, here's his name oh he did a lot of one step beyond he's actually the serling of the show he just doesn't appear on screen so uh mm-hmm. the 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 power structure or the just how the things build is a, a little <laughs> bit differently um I will say this prologue is 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 not bad. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did um, the Death Watts, where we liked the episode, but the prologue was just like awful. So <laughs> we were like ripping on the prologue just on and on, and we we're like, "But oh, geez, we actually do like this episode." But yeah, just he he was not I, I will... it didn't come through on that episode. Where this one works okay. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of lost with um, when I was look, when I was listening to this, I was like, wait, one has a girl, so anything can happen. And then the third has seven days and nights of welcome home parties. So who knows what could happen? Well, isn't that anything? That's kind of the same thing. Like, I, I know they were struggling to try to make it threes and be different from each other, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, the first one seems pretty, pretty natural that Thing, some things will happen and it's just with his girlfriend while the other guy is like night on the town and he's going to show up pretty exhausted at the end of his seven days okay so you can still find holes in the prologue that's cool who knows what could happen i don't know i guess there's a, a tonal shift in there anything can happen who knows what can happen it's a little more right. exasperated maybe, <laughs> maybe he's a uh, party shaming this guy i don't know too many parties right. Like one a, is delightful the other is just mysterious yeah yeah he's gonna end up in a seven day drunken haze i guess is the <laughs> is the main uh takeaway there <laughs> right um well what, what's your first impressions uh jumping from the zone into a step or two beyond well one step actually but <laughs> um it feels very much like I mean, you almost, I, I haven't seen any of the other episodes yet, but it feels very much like you already know what's going to happen at the end. Like there's, they're, they're not trying to give you the twist, right? Or they, they're not trying to, to hide the twist. There is no twist. Like you kind of know almost immediately that something bad is going to happen because it's just, you know, these are supposed to be dramatizations of actual events or something like that. Um, 
but then you're just kind of following along to see what is the spooky thing that kind of makes it, you know, the twist at the end. Um, I mean, it's generally well acted. Uh, I, I didn't find it particularly engaging in, in some ways. I felt like there was too many stories going around back and forth, particularly in this one, there were like three threads uh, taking place. And then they finally come together for what is it like two minutes at the end or something like that. Um, or three minutes, which is kind of a shame. Um, I mean, I, I want to see other episodes just to try to compare it. Uh, you know, uh, see what uh, Gerard, right? You said was the uh, was the writer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, usually so was... with a few other writers. Most of these are credited with two or three people, unlike Twilight Zones, which usually have one credited writer. Right. So I want to see like what these guys uh, put together. Um, just in terms of dialogue. I mean, the dialogue in general, I thought was pretty well done. Um, the direction didn't seem bad at all. So kudos to Newland, I guess. I, I guess one flaw here is um, we have, and this is probably a flaw for a lot of television in the period is we have three leads that are kind of indistinguishable from each other. <laughs> it's like well, we got one has a girlfriend. So we have the girlfriend lead. One has the mommy, mommy lead. And the other guy's just drunk all the time. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. there's your distinguishing distinguishing factors. Well, um, yeah, but as far as, you know, appearance on screen, there's nothing much going, right? <laughs> right. Um, they all, they're all in the uh, naval outfit. Um, you, one is not blonde or whatever. They, then they're all pretty much the same height, too, I think, from what they look like. It's, it's hard to tell the difference for sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's true for a lot of things. But here, I, I guess that's also the, the military, right? You're, everyone's supposed to look relatively uh, the same in that case. So um, being but that... I was thinking the other thing I was thinking of um, three sailors on leave, I immediately thought on the town. Um, and you definitely could tell all three of them apart from one another. Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly. And uh, I can't remember the third guy now for whatever reason. Um Definitely a much better sailors on leave adventure than that. <laughs> than this one. Although if if they were not super famous, I mean, it, you could end up having the same issue. I don't know. I mean, we can tell Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly apart because they're super famous. But uh, if they weren't, it might be a little harder to do that. Hmm. So uh, that's an, none of the, these actors are particularly uh, that well known. So. Well, let's uh, follow. I, I'm, I'm also coming from the flaw that usually I watch these a few times. And because of uh, weird inside baseball, I, I did actually watch this once. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but uh, all right. You're, you're ahead of me. Very, very good on that. So <laughs> uh, so I'm just you looking got at better the, notes than me. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, what my quotes I've written. Uh, what do we have in my notes? Uh, why would they leave me out of all that death? uh i that sounds fine to me um <laughs> you've got to tell you've got to tell me if you're already dead that that's a, that's a good quote so who said that was that johnny in the beginning i believe that's correct um well, it's the second day because I, I wrote it's already a day later when somebody says that so yeah i didn't understand that one either he said Newland said seven days and then it's like, well, we only have four days. Like his, his uh, girlfriend there is saying, we only have four days to plan a wedding and we can't just get married right away. I have to get engaged first. It's like, okay, well, where did the three days go? I guess they were hanging out in the parents' house all that time. Um, yeah. That or, or, or they were partying too hard and, you know, three days just vanished like that. Right. You know, and that happens. You've been on at sea for <laughs> however long it's a war that, that happens. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Um, but I, I guess the main threads here that we are following is is mom portenting death. Uh, I guess the guy with the girlfriend is just keep seeing the articles of, of his sink shipping, his sink shipping, his sip shinking. I can't sink talk anymore. Too. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, you can put the sink on the water and it ships away. So it's uh, perfect. It, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing there. Um, <laughs> And uh, of course, um, I liked I liked the fact that Johnny's girlfriend's uncle was an engineer at the BBC, and they recorded the broadcasts on vinyl. 
Like, I thought that was pretty interesting. He's like, no, we have records of all of our broadcasts. And I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. So they go down to the radio station. And what was really funny is that the uncle goes, you know, I'm bringing you in here, breaking all our security rules. I could be sent to prison for this. And she's like, yeah, but what difference does it make? He's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's like when my daughter was like, my daughter's like three and she was doing something she shouldn't be doing. I'd be like, stop doing that. And she'd be like, oh, it's okay. And at least three times I was like, oh, oh, okay, it's okay. Sure. Wait, (laughs) wait, no. (laughs) Hey, don't do that to me again. (laughs) She wasn't up to too many hijinks, but yeah, that happened a few times. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, we, we have him mishearing and misreading the headlines, which I did like that a lot. Because, I mean, how many times do you like kind of like glance at an article? Wait, did I just read that? And sometimes you didn't. Um, I also have the problem sometimes where I will like, I'll have dreams of waking up before I actually wake up. And sometimes I'll get on my phone or something and read the news. And it's like, listen, this person has died. And then I'll wake up for real. And it's like, wait a minute, was that real news? And and no, it wasn't. So <laughs> I, I have problems with checking had, the astral phone sometimes. <laughs> I I have had really, really, really vivid dreams where it's like it affects me the rest of the day. Going, I swear I've had, you know, the the Picard inner light moment. Not to reference Star Trek again, but you know, living living a complete other life, and then you wake up, you're like, I, I don't know if I can shake this all day. I may have to go back to bed. Um, well, it's, I have those, of course, but what I'm talking about, it's not like emotionally uh, affecting or anything. It's just like, I'll, I think I'm maybe I'm actually astral projecting, but just checking my phone and wasting it all. So <laughs> it could be what's happening. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I like to think at least. So, of course, this guy's seeing in real life. But I mean, we often glance at things and, and get it wrong for a moment. I know walking home at night a lot of times, uh, there's one little shrine by the side of the road and pretty much 90% of the time I passed I think someone's sitting on the corner before I realize oh no that's that little shrine again so (laughs) could actually be the guy sitting on the corner and then turns into a shrine when you finally realize that it's that it's him maybe he doesn't realize you're turning the corner that's what I assume it is part of the Nakasendo which is the old samurai road where I'm seeing this so hey maybe maybe I'm encountering samurai ghosts every night I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, th- those are the roads like in Edo, Japan, like when everyone was supposed to be in, like all the power people were supposed to be in Tokyo, where the um, shogun could keep an eye on them, and they just travel home for holidays or whatever, and use these roads that would radiate from Tokyo, and uh, one one of them passes right by here, so <laughs> which is kind of oh, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go see the the old street, all that sort of stuff. Um, so. I don't know. I guess we should get, go into the fortune telling thing because that's kind of the crux of this that mom sort of is doing her like um, homespun uh, fortune telling just by saying, ah, I, I feel like you're going to go off and die. The other guy gets like, you know, like a very happy fortune telling incident where he's going to live to be a very old man. I mean, how much stock should we put into that? I mean, that doesn't quite make the supernatural, does it? Is, or is it just a series of weird coincidences? I don't, I mean, they, they kind of like fortify this in, in a lot of different ways, right? So it's like the mom gets the premonition a couple of times. And also, by the way, it just completely rem- reminded me of an episode from MASH where Klinger goes, oh, my mom got one of those about Pearl Harbor. And Radar goes, oh, did she say anything? No, nah, she didn't get it until December 9th. So it's like a joke, like it happened two days after. So it's like, it's not really a premonition, but um, for some reason I immediately thought of that. Uh, it's it's kind of weird because she's, she's almost thinking that she's so convinced that it's going to happen <clears throat> that she thinks that he knows it's going to happen and he's lying to her. So he's like, no, I'm going to Scapa Flow, which is the the British naval base. So it's the prime. I actually had to look it up a couple of times. I couldn't understand what he was saying. I thought he said scalpel something, and so I was like scappers. So I looked it up, and it's actually the British naval base they used in World War One and World War Two, and that's where he's he was assigned. And I guess maybe she thought he didn't want to upset her by saying that he's actually going to get deployed onto a ship, and so she's constantly pressing him. But 
she's had this literally like she's astral projected to the telegram that she's going to get. So you had the phone, she has the telegram because that's period. Um, and then we get to uh, Robbie with the Ouija board, right? I mean, for lack of a better term, did they not have Ouija boards in Britain in the in the forties? Yeah, I, I wrote know. a I wrote a note because it was kind of weird. It wasn't a board; it was like they had put little note cards around the table and went to. So it was the same concept as Ouija, where everyone's holding on it goes to a certain place, but it, it seemed a lot more you know do it yourself. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Ouija boards were like a Victorian thing with you know occultism you know golden dawn era stuff so it seems like they should have had that in england but uh maybe it was just easier and made a lot more noise i when i looked at that i said that's gonna leave marks on the table oh yeah uh, maybe it was like the 60s when uh you know parker brothers or whatever or milton bradley started putting out the uh, board game version and that became popular and you know, um, I, I did that. I think that became part of the satanic panic of the eighties, right? Right. Uh, my my church. I grew up in a bit of a Christian cult, and that was definitely uh, forbidden. Um, that was like top level minister visit, full anointing baptism kind of thing. If you even thought about talking to uh, talking to spirits with a Ouija board, that was the devil straight out. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I went to I went to Episcopal church where he had the the cool youth minister. So that didn't really come up <laughs> a series of them. They always they always had a cool youth minister and would replace him with another cool youth minister. Right. So <laughs> but it was it was interesting that he he immediately thought like his his. I don't know, karma, his, uh, you know, his brand of psychic powers was going to completely one it's funny that he thought that they were not going to be split apart like nobody thought at all it was possible that they were going to be split apart and they're like no we're getting deployed together but if they're all going to the naval base they're going to the naval base to get assigned right so who who's to say that they're going to get assigned together um so i thought that was actually kind of interesting um but then all three of them like I'm I'm actually surprised George didn't like his face didn't drop when Johnny goes. I keep seeing that the hood's destroyed after that long conversation with his mother and trying to settle his mother, and then like George is like, no no no, trying to soothe his friend and like Johnny's like, no you're you don't understand. And I'm, it's like, how do you miss that part where George's face should have just dropped and been like, oh my god, my mother was just saying the same thing. Now I just poop myself a little bit, you know, type of thing. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then the old, the old, uh, uh, older lady, I don't even know where she was from. I Ireland, maybe I couldn't peg the accent really a hundred percent. I read the weird old lady psychic that should not have been there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I didn't peg her as coming from any specific place, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the hither, I, the, 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 she called it the hither, but it, is that Heather? Does Heather that, have psychic powers? That, I don't that, know. That, yeah, yeah, you can get an, out in the highlands and, you know, something wild's going on, I guess. Uh, spirits of, of the spirits from Atlantis or something are haunting the, the Heather. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> haunting in the Heather. That's that's a great title for something. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll have to put a, a pin on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I, I was thinking, when is it reasonable to go AWOL? Because they they're on leave, they they could just kind of vanish if they needed to. Uh, maybe they got a weird old aunt up in the the heather that they can hang out with for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of thought the same thing. Like it, it was, it made me wonder what would have happened if George or Johnny went AWOL, right? If they're both the ones that are supposed to be on the hood when it goes down, what happens if one of them is not, or the other way? Like what happens if Robbie goes? He's so confident that they're not gonna that he's not gonna die. What happens if he goes on the hood? I mean, quite a few people must go AWOL on seven days leave during a hot war. You know, that had to be a pretty normal occurrence. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they can't account for anybody, everybody that's on board or off board at that point in time. Right. It's just like get on the gangplank and just hang out like they all look the same. You think anybody's going to be doing bed checks all the time. It's kind of going to be kind of interesting. I, I really it made me wonder, like 
kind of all the time traveling stuff that we've watched through sci-fi all the years you know like do you do you change the course of history or does it just happen that robbie still dies because he's outvoted two to three two to one <laughs> i guess you don't want to look chicken in front of your your buddies because one of them doesn't show that his reputation is besmirched forever i guess but then right. he doesn't die so i don't know what, what's what's i mean what's the point of a heroic death if you're dead sometimes right or, or not even a heroic death i mean this is a, the 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 hood gang synced is basically a stupid death when you get right down to it it's not like they're saving anybody uh they're just getting sunk <laughs> yeah i mean he also sh- but robbie should have been like hey look guys I- i'm not gonna die i'm gonna save the hood you think you think the hood's gonna get sunk i'm gonna go and save it by being on there that's how awesome my my karma and psychic psychic energies is i don't know what did he say he said i reached out beyond yeah the, doing the getting the titular title out there i don't know but yeah. uh, we we end up with i mean it, it's shakespeare right we we uh all the actions off screen at the end right so <laughs> that's right anchor anchors away i mean nobody can expect giant set pieces on television in 1959 right so that that was that was at the time, the uh, movie studios still had that card in their back pocket. Like, hey, if you want to see some proper spectacle, you need to come out here to the theater, right? Otherwise, you're just going to get a signal received where it stops before the, the cool stuff starts happening. <laughs> right. Or the spectacular stuff, I should say. Uh. So was the actor the actual... So who was sitting next to John Newland at the end? I was confused uh, by that. I watched it twice. I still couldn't figure it out. I assumed that was supposed to be the the guy that made it out or something, because someone had yeah. to tell the story if it's based on a real life event, right? Right. <laughs> um, if all three had died, there, no one would know the story. <laughs> That's true. So that was, but that wasn't actually. But he said he was an actor. This is the actor, Rob Robin. But then it's not. Uh, it, the way he explained it, I was like a little bit. It was a little weird. My last, my final note is, are we breaking a fourth wall here? So, because um, it seems like have the guy or don't have the guy, don't have a guy representing the guy. That doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was really kind of weird. But I, I guess in the in the standard docudrama type of uh, setup, you have to have somebody who's there, to, like you said, to tell the, you know, this is, and uh, next to me is the son of the uncle who was the roommate of the guy who made it off the hood um that tells the story but again we did the the other episode uh we did the death watts and we did um the navigator and those stories are way too far back in time to have anyone you know appear so they don't he doesn't he just does it himself he he does it fully surling without someone else hanging out so <laughs> so pull, pulled from the headlines type of thing yeah yeah and we, uh, well th- we did the avengers but uh that guy had every bone in his body broken by ghosts so obviously he wouldn't have been there either and you 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 don't want a nazi on on your on set with you as a as a <laughs> that's true as set dressing <laughs> yeah no this is the broken bones of the nazi that uh got crushed yeah um i guess i'll start asking questions unless you had a, another big observation you wanted to throw out um i thought this was I thought the old lady was kind of like shades of the purple testament. Um, oh, just seeing death. Yeah, we don't have the cool lighting effect in that case, but no. But you could see like her face dropped way better than George's did on the train. Like she was a way better actor about it. Like she, she's like, oh my gosh, you're gonna have such a Tarabi. You're gonna have such a long life. You're gonna be ninety five years old. Your grandchildren are gonna be all around you, and then. Uh, and then she's like, oh, you know, do do my friend George here. And so she looks at it and she was like uh, 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 pulling her collar, like, uh, how do I get away from this guy telling him that he's going to be dead in two days? Um, but the. Uh, she she could you could almost tell right away, like her response and her reaction to him dying was, I thought, probably one of the better reactions out of the whole entire show. And casting did good that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's do some questions the first is who in this episode took that step beyond so i mean robbie took literal multiple steps beyond he was able to continue to take steps decades beyond um 
<laughs> in, in the in the actual real life but i don't think that's what we mean here <laughs> um i honestly i think the only person that might have really gone beyond is probably uh um johnny because he's the one who heard and saw everything right so he's the one who's actually getting the premonitions george's mother and then the old lady right so he's having hallucinations thereby making him have the most supernatural experience yeah and so is, so is George's mom, right? Well, I was going to say, George's mom is having the same thing. So I guess you could actually put her in the uh, in, in the camp of, of being in that supernatural element. Yeah. And I, then, I, uh, and then uh, the, old, the, the older lady um, with the hither. Or the heather. The heather. The hither. <laughs> I didn't I didn't make a note about that. So I, I missed that one. I'm just I'm just going by your memory on this one. But uh, that is kind of the thing that we're going by memories and weird coincidences. You know, it's, you could almost just take a plain Jane situation where you survived and your friends didn't and kind of gussy it up and even convince yourself it's true in your head. And now you have the story, right? Oh, the, yeah. that weird thing happened. Oh, yeah, we did that Uji session right before before getting split up, blah, blah. So. It is it is a bit of a you know confirmation bias situation too, where he just looks back and sees these little things. Wow, they were like portents, really. And he and he says, "Oh, the Welsh are always uh, you know predisposed to uh, psychic abilities and premonitions and all these things." I was like, I don't know the the whole Ouija thing is kind of you know it, you can believe that it's real or you know they're asking, "Oh, what's my birthday?" Well, does everybody know? robbie's birthday there because it felt like everybody knew robbie's birthday after the j and the a right What's they're like party. yeah j a <laughs> oh it's jan okay well there's no other j a after that um and you know you could kind of force it things a little bit but yeah and the whole that whole weird story of him dropping the diary at the end of the bookstore do you remember that uh i mean i remember seeing it sure but uh if you want to rip yeah, on that, he, take it. <laughs> you no, know, it was it was just weird. Like he was like, Oh, yeah, no, I my father died and I had to chill, and the thing opened up, and it was it's like, wow, that's I don't know. It, it felt like it was gilding the lily, so to speak, of the whole entire story. Now he's adding this little thing about his father passing away, and right at the time that he dropped the book and it opened up, you know, to some French phrase that I can't remember at the time. Um I mean, I think we all encounter like weird synchronicities in life, you know, like uh, what is it? I, I need to get I'm teaching a class. I need to get a tissue and I walk outside and someone just happens to be walking by with a tissue box. Why? Thank you. You know, I mean, these things happen. <laughs> I sense I sense, Matt, that you needed a box of tissues. So here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just everything kind of worked out. Right. <laughs> I don't know. So do you think anybody else do you think? Do you think, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Everybody else is kind of like, yeah, hey, whatever. Do you think George even believed any of it until, like, he was kind of uh, quick marching himself off to the ship? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, this one, like, this is basically, like, how things happen in a war, right? And we're just adding a little bit of a, you know, supernatural lipstick to it, which of course makes a much better story, but you, it could be Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra, right? And, and instead of supernatural stuff, you, you do a few show tunes. <laughs> yeah, a few jazz, jazz hands. hands. Jazz hands are missing from this episode, but uh, yeah. Tap dancing, tap dancing your way up the gangplank. Right, to your death, right. So <laughs> so that's where I'm like having a little trouble with the the second of my regular questions like do they deserve this because uh, i'm like well i mean does anyone deserve to go off and get sunk in a ship at war it doesn't really matter if you get a poor ten or not right <laughs> yeah i don't i honestly i feel like I, I, no i don't feel like any of them really deserve nobody really deserves what they what they get in war unless they've been asking for it right i think robbie robbie's ego you know, he deserves to be an officer given given uh, how confident he is in everything that he's doing and what he's getting in life. But, um, you know, George and George and Johnny, Johnny just wanted to get married. You know, yeah, I mean, none uh, of these are even, even with the ego, like nobody here is particularly 
you know, reprehensible. Uh, right. That That's one thing that this show doesn't do as much as the zone where in the twilight zone, when, when we have someone reprehensible, you know, you'll, you'll have Serling telling you that directly in the first three minutes of the show that this person just sucks. <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen to them next. And that's kind of what I was starting with at the top of the show. And you asked me what I thought of the kind of like the format or just the, the show in, in and of itself. I was like, you know, something's going to happen to these poor guys. It's world war two. And then right away, they're like, oh, the hood exploded. And I'm like, okay, if this didn't actually already happen, he's dying. So it's like, okay, now we're just now we're just trying to creep out everybody about how they find out that they're going to die. Right. And that's it's kind of like we don't we know the twist and it's now just follow along as we unfold events type of thing. So I don't think anybody and they play they actually play it up all really, really well. The guy Johnny wants to get married. George is a doting uh you know doting on his mother um even though that was a little weird relationship too at some some point and then robbie's just robbie um you almost feel really really even worse for them more than you actually feel like any of them could have or didn't deserve it one way or the other sitting here sorry i just pulled up my my ipad and what was the uh was it 1999 there was a attack on a on a u.s ship like an explosion yeah Uh, I, I, see, I'm saying here maybe just because I watched this episode. Oh, the call. Okay, I was yeah, like, yeah, was cold. that the hood? Because when I searched USS Hood, I actually got a bunch of Star Trek ships. So, <laughs> oh, it's the HMS Hood. This is the uh, the British one. His okay. Oh, good point. Yes, yes, yes. Good point. No, I was just I was thinking because I, I specifically remember seeing that news being in like my university um, activity center or whatever it is. Uh, and uh, just was that because that would have been weird if that was a hood, but that was that was a call, so a, a little bit. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's put this one on the tripometer. Of course, zero is not trippy at all. Five is extremely trippy. Uh, where would you like to place this episode? I I gotta tell you, like you know, things happen. I'm not a huge believer in like the physic the 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 psychic uh phenomena type of thing but you know when when a lot of coincidences happen all at once it's pretty trippy um i i would probably give this one about a four okay interesting one see i saw it kind of as like like just kind of a war story like i said with a little bit of um psychic lipstick on it and uh because of the hallucinations and stuff, I was like, eh, I'll go for a 2.5. So, um, okay, interesting. Because I, I, w- I was actually making things, oh, maybe I'll go slightly higher than what he says, right? But <laughs> that's why I get to ask the guest first. But uh, I bet he'll, I bet you'll say two and then I'll say 2.5. But no, you went for four. Okay. So that, that's, that's fascinating. <laughs> I, but, you know, it's kind of weird. I might actually end up skewing these things because I think they're all meant to be trippy. So I don't I don't know if I could give it a little, you know, even less than three in a lot of these things. Um, yeah, sure. No, everyone's, you know, everyone's uh, system works a little differently on this. doesn't Yeah. It? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is part of the fun. That's the fun of the question. So exactly. Um, but yeah, also uh, just having Ouija boards and, you know, I don't think they had that sort of thing in te- on television much at this point. So that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. Last last week's episode of this podcast, we had um, John Newland going off to Mexico and eating mushrooms like for realsies. So, wow. <laughs> but uh, so it is. Yeah, is that, is that that episode where he actually goes where he actually goes off? I have to watch that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 one is is uh, not recorded yet, but uh, as on my schedule, it's last week. So you know, okay. I, I and time gets trippy with me and my podcasts. Yes. <laughs> I am thinking though, yeah, coincidence versus psychic phenomenon. I've been teaching for years and like a lot of my classes, I, you know, I teach English and um, I'll be like, you ask me a question or something, or, or I'll ask a question. I swear 90% of the time I know what their question or answer is going to be before they open their mouth. But maybe that's because they're learning English and I've just seen it so many times, but <laughs> like, I'm just like, this person's going to ask me what my favorite color is. I know. And then they're like, what's your favorite color? You know? And, uh, Cause yes, but yesterday it happened with students I had not taught before. I was I was subbing, so even then I was like, I know what they're about to ask me, and then that's what they asked me. But that that could be experience too. So I think I think that's experience. After a while, you just kind of get 
you know, you just got kind of get a feel of it. And if it's not, you almost just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. They asked me a different question. You just kind of brush it off. But I there there's a lot of coincidences in life. And I think it's some of it is based on just opportunity and prepping where it's like you kind of do the same thing all the time. And you're just like, oh, I happen to just see somebody like I was at a I was at a Star Trek convention a few weeks ago and um, I happened to run into somebody from my job. 30,000 people work at my company and there were 2000 people at this convention clear across the country. Didn't expect to run into them. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. When I was in high school, we had a trip, uh, I play still playing orchestras, but yeah, we had an orchestra trip to uh, Europe. And I remember in uh, Lucerne, Switzerland, myself and a, a, another guy that went to the same church as me, we're walking down the street and we run into like someone else from that church in Lucerne, Switzerland, you know, and that's, that's weird. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely is weird for sure uh definitely pretty high of course that i was 17 at the time and it was like whatever like it would be a lot weirder now you know now it would totally blow my mind at 17 i'm like oh okay world's small enough why not yeah. <laughs> your world's still small when you're when you're 17 i guess you haven't gotten out that it's much true. yet <laughs> um well i guess we'll put out the c and see what happens uh here um did you have any other final points you want to throw out on this particular episode? Um, not really. I, I'm, I'm a little curious whether or not the Welsh thing is true. Like really, if the Welsh people are generally find themselves a psychic, uh, it's something I'm going to have to look up later. You know, you think of uh, Daphne as the prime candidate from Frasier of like somebody who's the, you know, the nowadays, the modern stereotypical example of a psychic Brit <laughs> on TV, but yeah. she's not from Wales. Uh, so who knows? Yeah, I guess my main markers for Welsh are the band, the super furry animals and the fact that they filmed a fair amount of the prisoner there. That's what, that's what I know about Wales. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, right, would you, would you, I guess tell the, the folk, the listeners uh, a bit more about your your other podcast appearance one more time if they want to track that down yeah it's called the b team uh and it's uh it's funny it's um one of the folks that we uh that we know from our mission log patreon discord and he actually hung out with a bunch of folks in like a, 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 a on a some other group and they decided to get together and just kind of talk about um mostly around movies and stuff so they do farscape and um uh, other movies that are out and they talk about tv and things like that so they've been wanting to do a lot of reviews of, of star trek so uh we've been slowly doing some of those they did a whole uh, season review but i like i said i got pulled in on the enterprise stuff so um definitely definitely uh, a fun and interesting episode of that one and then we did uh melora which was a ds9 episode of um uh, the the woman who lives on a planet with really really low gravity and so she finds it really difficult um to live on the space station with like what with what we feel is regular gravity and um our friend is disabled and he actually took a lot of issue with that episode so we were talking about that and then Sabrosa, we talked about um how it's it's not just crazy ghost sex but it's actually like what it means to be violated by somebody which is what that episode really is about and so um some good discussions there i i uh really thoughtful stuff deep fun right. laughs too about stuff as well but you know. well if you're watching stuff that's quote unquote bad you, you have to have a giggle about it or it's just uh drowning in muck <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> um as for us it's time enough podcast it's that on x and and facebook i'm, I'm i can't say that letter regularly it's just it's not going to happen and yeah right twixer is what brian called it i think okay that i i should do that but i don't know i just like throwing out my voice and saying x you know it's like twisted way to say it um <laughs> you can support us on Patreon at Podcastio Podcastius, where we do some other podcasts like Films and Filth, where we talk about what are supposed to be really good movies and really bad movies and try to have a few good laughs about both. Uh, there is a call at Disney where we talk about the weird side of Disney. 
by the time this airs, I think podcast 1999 should be on the air where we are uh, getting into episodes of space 1999 with, with an occasional guest here and there. And you can hear some video game stuff like Luke loves Pokemon. It's about Pokemon Hyrule fuel report. It's about Zelda, the game game show. It's about gamers gaming each other. So, okay. I turn, I just turned off on my little like self set. Um, announcement machine <laughs> okay i will podcast yeah I, I guess we're we're train guys so we're not we're not boat guys so we hopefully shouldn't have too much to worry about <laughs> i gotta i gotta take a bus underwater does that does that count mm, it depends how you feel about tunnels you do get a tunnel with that bus it's not just bus underwater right it's, yeah oh yeah yeah that's that <laughs> <laughs> It's a good point. In my little Sahara, laments of smooth winds that blind. At last, at the end of the line, I only call the judge shouting. Hey, this ain't no affordable show. You don't need to search for me, as I know from who and where I come. Those perceptions now saw as a falcon, divining what before was vanity. The heat haze of will shimmer over the diary I write in. Strangely sated in this land of thirst. But my word, how long eight days actually is. So let those thoughts roam, Bedouin. I went and took my chances of the Atlas Range dark.